listener production. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. Australia has some of the most critically endangered species on the planet, many vulnerable to a blink extinction. The latest State of the Environment report says Australian biodiversity is decreasing, while threatened species are on the rise. Next Wednesday is Threatened Species Day. So in this episode, we're looking at how an animal or plant species gets on the threatened species list and why, in some cases, receives little protection once it's on there. Matt, I want to start with a point that I didn't know, and that's literally anybody can nominate a species to be considered as threatened. Yeah, that's right, Sophie, you can. Anyone can nominate a threatened species in Australia. Matthew Aegis is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. Uh, When the minister puts a call out for nominations to the threatened species list, a member of the public, an expert in the field, a government department, a conservation group, anyone can put up a nomination. And so for you, I know you're in Sydney and say, for example, you hadn't seen as many microbats since say Sydney Park. Mm -hmm. You might say, all right, well, I know this species has declined in its number and I would like it to be considered for a threatened species. Let's look at Australia's performance. How do we fare when it comes to other countries and their threatened species? Well, as you know, Australia loves to be really competitive Mm -hmm. in anything it does. It loves ladders and league tables. But if it was a, a competition to see how many species you could cause to be extinct or to endanger, Australia would certainly be right at the top. Uh, we have seen 350 species, so that's plants and animals, either added to the threatened species list in Australia or have their status changed in the last decade. And in most cases, that status change is to a worse grading. Right. On top of that, Australia has the eighth highest number of threatened species among other countries in the world. We're third in the world for threatened animals. So if we take plants out of it and fungi out of it and we only consider animals, we're number three behind Indonesia and the United States. Okay, so that's not a great performance from Australia. But just stepping back, what do we mean exactly when we say threatened species? When we look at what a threatened species is, That's a native species, so it has to be indigenous to Australia, and it meets certain criteria set out in the federal regulations. At a minimum, you could say it's a species that is at a high risk of extinction in the wild in the medium-term future. That's the minimum definition that would get you onto the threatened species list, and that's because the threatened listing is an umbrella term, and under that there are tiers which describe how threatened a species is. In Australia, that includes vulnerable, endangered or critically endangered. And then it goes from bad to worse. The worst is obviously extinction or slightly less worse is extinct in the wild. So it might exist in a conservation program in a zoo, but obviously extinct altogether is the worst possible outcome. So let's take a look at the threatened species list itself. What is this list? Well, there's not just one list and that's a really important point. At the top level, there is a list called the IUCN Red List, and IUCN stands for the International Union for the Conservation of Nature and Natural Resources, but it's basically a global watchdog. It doesn't have any legal power to do anything. 
What it does do is assess all species across the globe and determine what their threat status might be. The ones that have legal powers attached to them are those that governments legislate. So in Australia, we have the Environmental Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act, the EPBC Act for short, which is basically responsible for overseeing threatened species at a national level. But then below that, states and territories can have their own environmental protection laws and listings as well. So in Australia, there's at least two levels of governance when it comes to threatened species. So Matt, Say I nominate a species to be listed as threatened, and I'm talking about nominating it under the EPBC, so under the Federal Act here in Australia. Run me through the actual process. So even though anyone can nominate a species, it doesn't necessarily mean that it will be listed as threatened. Mm -hmm. The nomination has to go through a number of government channels to figure out whether or not the species actually warrants a listing. So first, the nomination is submitted. From there, it goes to the government's Threatened Species Scientific Committee, which is basically a group of experts in animals and plants. And what they do is develop what is called the proposed priority list for the Federal Environment Minister, identifying things like the level of threat to a species, its population size and distribution, and the capacity for a species to recover. That proposed list goes to the Environment Minister, who's currently Tanya Plibersek, and if she's happy with that proposed list, she basically says, yep, tell me more. And the committee then goes about the process of compiling reports that essentially describe the state of play for these species. Once this is all done, the final recommendations are provided back to the Minister in the form of something called conservation advice. If she agrees with this advice, she signs the species to be listed under the legislation. Mm -hmm. But the standout thing here is, even if after all of this, a species makes onto the threatened species list, the process by which those recommendations can come into being through, say, a recovery plan, often takes a long time. There are certain species on the list today that still don't have a recovery plan. So it can be a very slow process and very difficult to hold a government to actually go forward with it. Okay, so I would have assumed that once a species gets onto the threatened species list, things would actually have to be done to protect it and its habitat. But what you're saying is it can basically sit on that list and nothing happens. Kind of. It's not as though the government hasn't done anything, but the actual conservation work is often done by others on the ground. Okay. And in terms of what your question is, Sophie, there's no guaranteed habitat protection or conservation funding as a result of being added to the list. A comparison, for example, here would be the United States. When a species is added to the USA's threatened list, the government there has to protect habitat and fund support to deliver an outcome. In fact, WWF America says the US Endangered Species Act has prevented 99% of listed species going extinct. Now, Australia's EPBC Act does some similar things, but when it comes to protecting habitat, as you suggested, it only protects Commonwealth land for example, a national park. And unfortunately, most threatened animals don't know that they're leaving a national park and going to live on private land where they don't have protection. Mm -hmm. And so some experts would like to see land protection strengthened, especially as land clearing is a big threat to many plants and animals. So why is this the case in Australia? I mean, why don't we have stronger legal provisions like they do in the United States? Basically, it has to do with the EPBC Act. So the Act is more than two decades old. It was introduced in 1999. And today, 
over 20 years later, we have a much more refined understanding of big threats like climate change and land degradation and invasive species than we did two decades ago. In essence, it's an old law and it needs to be updated. And in terms of threatened species, experts in the field would like better laws that give the power to do what's necessary to protect them. On top of this, there was an independent review into the EPBC Act last year, which was called the Samuel Review. It had many recommendations, but the headline really is that the law isn't working the way it should, and it should be improved for better outcomes for biodiversity. And there also needs to be more transparent oversight of the way Australia's environment is managed and protected. Right, Matt. So there are a number of recommendations floating around when it comes to the EPBC Act. And ultimately, this could impact protections for threatened species in Australia. What has the current government said about this? The new Environment Minister, Tanya Plibersek, has flagged potential changes to the Act, calling for things recently like stronger regulations, the need to reverse the trend of species extinctions, and more integrity and transparency in how the Act actually works in the real world. So she said that she's going to be looking into all of those sorts of things and is currently preparing a formal response to the Samuel Review. Some of those changes could inform how we go about protecting species in Australia and the degree of scrutiny that's applied to their situation and ultimately how much, if any, funding goes their way. I think it's worth pointing out here, though, that even if there are problems with what protections might be guaranteed once a species is listed, it's still good that we have a threatened species list because they can directly inform decision-making in other areas. For example, if a species is listed in a certain area where someone proposes land clearing, that listing could be used by the minister to prevent that action from going ahead. Yeah, so a list is better than no list, right? Like we've seen as a result of these listings, some species brought back from the brink of extinction. That's right. And that's a really important point. While we've talked about the shortcomings that might exist within the current system, it does lead to some success. And one example is the Eastern Barred Bandicoot. Back in 1989, there were only 150 of these left in the wild. But because of its listing, a group of researchers did a big gathering of them and started a breeding program in Victoria. In 2013, this species was declared extinct in the wild. But because of the breeding program that was put in place, these bandicoots were able to be released back across four parks in Victoria. And while they're still threatened now, they were brought back from being functionally extinct. Now they're considered endangered. So it's a rare success story. Cases like this in Australia are few and far between though. We need to see more action taken for threatened species to ensure their long-term survival. Matthew Aegis is a science journalist for Cosmos Magazine. You can read more of Matt's reporting at cosmosmagazine.com. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. Our executive producer is Melanie Withnall. And I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.